welcome indeed to another edition of the Hotbox, and especially welcome to what is a first for the Hotbox, a special edition built around a special artist. As regular avid Hotboxers will know, uh, we're working our way through the jazz piano files and all things being equal. This one should be digging into the pianists filed under the letter S. But then, while checking some background on one of them, it transpired that this August marked his centennial. He is George Shearing, born on August the 13th, 1919, and he became one of the most popular jazz pianists of all time. So I figured, uh, why not defer all the other S players and concentrate on George for about an hour? Uh, There is, of course, a subtle Irish reason for this too, namely that his preferred guitarist for many years, from the 70s through the 90s, was none other than our own Louis Stewart.
Mm, perfection of a type, wasn't it, really? <laughs> From their album, Remembering the Music of Nat King Cole, that was the George Shearing Trio with Neil Swainson on the bass and Louis Stewart, of course, was the guitarist. We'll catch a bit more from the uh, Shearing-Stewart combination as we go, but perhaps we should go back into history first. Uh, as I said earlier, this um, month marks 100 years since George Shearing was born in Battersea in London. He was the last of nine children, his father a coal man and his mother cleaned railway carriages. So he certainly wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And then of course the overriding fact, he was born blind. And it's ironic in a way that possibly the fact that he was blind meant that he did get some special treatment and that that eventually meant that he was a wonderful musician. Uh, he soon showed a, a natural ability in music from a very, very early age, picking out tunes on the piano uh, with one finger when he was just three and four years old. But after his special schooling uh, that he received as a blind child, he ended up uh, playing in local pubs. He preferred that to getting more... Uh, into more uh, legitimate professions, uh, but he um, soon got professional gigs around London, notably as a member of Stefan Grappelli's wartime band, the Grappelli Swing Tet. So after the war, he emigrated to the USA. That was in 1947, where he made a fairly immediate mark, having by then absorbed classical influences and bebop and swing all of which came together in the first edition of the George Shearing Quintet, establishing perhaps for all time the Shearing sound. Thank you. 
September in the Rain uh, from 1949. That's from the quintet's second recording session that year, and it's uh, the first hit for the band, which consisted of Marjorie Himes on the vibraphone, Chuck Wayne on the guitar, John Levy was the bass player, and Denzel Best on drums. It was really quite a revolutionary sound. Uh, No horns for a start, and the technique of locked hands piano with the vibes doubling the top notes of the pianist's right hand and the guitar at the same pitch as the left hand. Um, It it was, as I said, entirely revolutionary at the time, although sadly uh, it rapidly became something of a cliché for commercial arrangers and eventually, of course, into that piped music uh, in supermarkets which we all know and love. East of the Sun and West of the Moon, another early hit there by the George Shearing Quintet at the end of the 1940s. Same band members as on the previous piece, incidentally. Uh, By the way, I omitted uh, to give you the title of the very first track we played in this hot box with uh, Neil Swainson and Louis Stewart. It was Homeward Bound. Well, the sales of the tracks that we've just heard as 78 RPM single discs uh, were quite extraordinary by today's standards and and Shearing's ongoing success meant that he could enjoy quite a comfortable life really for a for a jazz musician a very comfortable life he had a fine apartment alongside the Guggenheim Museum in New York City and eventually had another home in Chipping Camden in the Cotswold area of the UK 
Several future prominent musicians, as it were, pass through the quintet. The guitarist and harmonica player Toots Thielemans was one of them in the mid-1950s, so we'll check out that version of the band. It has Emil Richards on the vibes, Al McKibben on bass, Percy Bryce on drums, and then we'll follow that directly with another newcomer, the then 20-year-old Gary Burton coming in on vibes with uh, Ron Anthony's guitar, Gene Cherico bass and Vernal Fournier, another future star, on drums. So let's start back in 1956 with Duke Jordan's Jordu and then 1963 Over the Rainbow.
first there was Jordu, some really nice uh, bebop credentials on display in that, and then Over the Rainbow, a nice uh, soft version of Over the Rainbow. Shearing's temperament and his extreme sensitivity, and I'm using that term in musical terms, not uh, not necessarily as a human being, although I think he was, um, it led to his being a much-favoured accompanist to singers. His long-time association with Mel Torme in later life, of course, we'll come to, but uh, let's first hear him in the company of the incomparable Peggy Lee. Shearing in 1959. Well, you can't get too far into a show about George Shearing without coming to one particular tune that he played at pretty much every live show, and he recorded on several, and for several read many, occasions. I shall make no apology for playing it twice in this show either. Um, Shearing himself showed his uh, considerable sense of humour when referring to this particular composition, as well he might, since it must have been a nice little earner, as they say. So I'll let you eavesdrop on his introduction when he took a new version of the quintet into, and this is a clue, Birdland, the famous jazz club in New York. I have been arguably credited with having written some 300 songs, 299 of which enjoyed a rather bumpy ride from relative obscurity to total oblivion. (laughs) Here's the other one. See how wrong you can be sometimes. <laughs> okay, we'll give you the real one. Two, one, two, three. 
Carl Johnson, Rich Father, Dennis McQuell, and Neil Springsteen. Well, you certainly don't need me to tell you that was Lullaby of Birdlander, the year 2000 version of the quintet with, uh, as you heard him announce, Don Thompson, Reg Schwager, Neil Swainson and Dennis McCrell. Kind of a bit of a Canadian version of the quintet. The album's title, incidentally, was Back to Birdland and it was made not long after that club relocated to the Midtown New York site where it still resides. Um, we will hear another version of Lullaby later in the show. It was written, by the way... Um, or by uh, Shearing as a theme tune for advertising for that famous club some years previously. Well, we heard a little earlier some of the youngsters that went through Shearing's band and onto successful careers elsewhere. And as Shearing achieved a certain status himself in the music world, so he attracted equally famed musicians seeking collaboration. And this next piece is one such. It's a duo album uh, that he made with the famous guitarist Jim Hall. <laughs> Thank you. 
Emily there, a delightful collaboration between Shearing and Jim Hall. Well, I mentioned earlier uh, his long-time collaboration with the singer Mel Torme. Since Torme had a reputation for being, shall we say, difficult, it always surprised me that such a relatively gentle person such as Shearing got along, uh, but got along he did. Uh, and uh, there were occasions, notably the Montreal Jazz Festival, when after the booking, uh, Torme would demand more money, and in the case of Montreal, they simply told him to go away. They refused. So a new singer had to be found quickly. Um, those were the sort of things that happened when Torme was around. However, the Torme Shearing collaboration certainly worked on an artistic level. People walking round, living in a daze, high above the ground, with their crazy ways all around the town. Acting silly while they fly high Highfalutin crowds With their foreign cars living in the clouds Shooting for the stars they can never see Life the way it ought to be Old ways seem to have passed us by These days Life is in high Fly Everybody's hip Every kind of sound Comes from every lip Everybody's down About to really flip Acting dippy While they fly High Shearing, of course. High Fly was the tune. Well, now, for me, some of the most satisfying recordings uh, by Shearing were the albums he made as um, a drummerless trio with Louis Stewart and Niels Henning Ørsted Pedersen uh, alongside the German recording engineer Hans-Georg Brunner Schwer. So here's a track uh, from the first of those albums. It was recorded in June 1977. Uh, this is In Your Own Sweet Way.
in your own sweet way. And what a real star trio that was from 43 years ago, but such a fresh and sparkling sound as because Hans-Georg Brunnerschwer was twiddling the knobs. Well, one of the most recently issued recordings was not done by Brunnerschwer, but was in effect self-recorded in Shearing's New York apartment back in 1983. He'd got into the habit of just playing for fun with the bass player Don Thompson uh, in his own sitting room, sitting at his own piano, and Don would bring in a small bass. And uh, they decided after a while of doing this on a daily basis, more or less, that they should perhaps try and record something. So they rented some microphones and they rented a reel-to-reel recorder and they plugged it all in and they just played for fun and recorded it. And I must say the result is very charming. Uh, It's mostly duos, of course, but since we haven't heard Shearing solo, I've picked a solo track. And this is, uh, I think, a real personal piece of playing by George Shearing.
I cover the waterfront solo, of course, and at home with George Shearing. Lots of classical influence evident there. We should, of course, remember that uh, this was a man who learned Beethoven's piano concertos using Braille. Well, we'll finish up uh, No Prizes for Guessing What the Tune Is with the 1994 version of the quintet Louis Stewart on guitar, Neil Swainson, bass. Steve Nelson was the vibraphone player and Dennis McCrow on the drums. Um, we'll let them play us out. Um, the f- next uh, S-File will be reviewed in about four weeks and the next Hotbox will be along in about two weeks and that'll be all about George Gershwin, Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald. This Hotbox was part of the Piano File series but it took a notion to spend a while in the company of George Shearing whose centennial uh, we celebrate this month of August 2019. He did in fact live to the ripe old age of 91 and he had been knighted for his services to music by then so he ended up Sir George Shearing as he said himself not bad for a blind boy from Battersea. If you have been thanks for listening. (laughs) 